0: It is Monday, July 24th. I'm Scott Saddenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. An American wins the British. And the running backs still fighting. Here comes the Vegas truth.
1: This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Brian
1: Harmon. Everyone expected this wins the Open Championship. Shohei Otani
0: homers in what could be his final game. As an angel at home.
1: Yeah, and we're still looking at the running backs, and if they may be willing to
0: miss time, what is the Vegas lead here on a Monday, Scott? As much as I want to talk about Otani and the trade possibilities, we'll get to that in a few minutes, but we have to lead with the Open Championship, which concluded yesterday with American Brian Harmon winning at Royal Liverpool One of the longest, well, maybe not one of the longest shots in the field, but quite the long shot. Mackenzie Rivers with us this morning. What were the pre-tournament odds on Brian Harmon?
2: 175 to 1 you could have got him at.
0: That's a pretty nice payout.
2: Yeah. This is
0: his first major. He had never won a major tournament before. He's the 26th ranked player in the world. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he would win a major, but 175 to 1, Aj, no one gave this guy really a realistic chance, and it
1: wasn't really close. Uh, I mean, you heard John Rahm say after the tournament, there wasn't anything any of us could have done about it. He was better than everybody this week, and that was it, he was going to win it. Like, it, it we could have played better; wouldn't have mattered. Uh, so he he had the lead on Friday, never relinquished it. He went into Sunday with a, a five-stroke lead, like just a. A dominant performance by a guy we probably didn't expect
0: dominance from. At 36 years old, he's the oldest first-time major champion since Sergio Garcia won the Masters in 2017 at age 37. He took a five-stroke lead after the second round. He shot a 67 at the second round. Our guy, Christo, he was off. He was gone. You know, he was he was done. But... Harmon surged up the leaderboard. It was like, oh, Tommy Fleetwood, maybe. Nope. After Harmon shot a 67, he had a five stroke lead. Mackenzie, after the second round, what was Harmon's odds to win?
2: Plus 150 at that point.
0: And then what were his odds going into the final round Sunday?
2: Minus 200.
0: Seems like it, it, he just never had that blow up round. And that's the thing with golf. You know, people used to ask all the time, and people still do. Will Tiger Woods ever win another major? Or will Tiger Woods ever win another tournament? And my answer was always yes. And it wasn't because I just believed in the Tiger Woods comeback story or I I still believe that Tiger is one of the best out there. And we all know Fez is certainly going to fade Tiger in every major tournament, right? Just, you know, bet the no. And we love the whole, will Tiger make the cut? Yes or no bets. But my explanation was always it's four days. And if you can just put together four good days of golf, the rest of the 361 days of the year, you can suck. (laughs) But if you put together four good days, anybody can win a major. And Brian Harmon put together four good days of golf.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And the the, 67, 65, 69, and 70. If 70 is your worst day on the course. Yeah. You probably ended up doing pretty well, so uh, yeah, just a, an incredible run, incredible consistency, and I think that's what John Rahm was talking about. Like, if if every day you're you're going in and you're the other guys are shooting well and they're still not gaining ground, that's got to be a frustrating thing. And it, almost everybody had one rough day mm-hmm. out on the course except for Brian Harmon, who just start to finish was as dominant as he could have been.
0: Uh, The fans were not pleased with it because it was an American winning their their championship, especially when he's paired up with Tommy Fleetwood, who's English, right? Harmon said that some of the things that he heard while walking the course were, quote, unrepeatable. (laughs) Now, I got a question for you guys. During the U.S. Open, if there's an international player that's winning, are, are Are they getting, like, are they getting smack-talked because because we'd rather see an American win the U.S. Open? Like, is it a source of pride if an American wins the U.S. Open rather than an international player? I mean, I'm sure it is. Yeah, like, I'm sure the American
1: fans want to see the American guys do best. But I also think, like, if you see a, a... a guy who's a big star playing well, Americans are more enamored with like star power. So if like a, a big name mm-hmm. foreigner was winning, we'd probably be okay with it. Like if John Rom so was gonna win, John okay. Rom
0: won in 2000. I'll we'll take that. John Rom won in 2021. And then Matt Fitzpatrick, who's from England, won in 2022. When Wyndham Clark won this year, were people saying, We brought the trophy back to America. I don't know. I don't think they
1: were. I don't think they were. I don't think most people know Wyndham Clark's American. That's a, that's a British name if I've ever heard one. Okay? Yeah.
0: We brought it back where it belongs on American soil. Yeah. Los Angeles Country Club.
1: By the way, no Brits in the top five uh, as there were four at T2. Uh, Tom Kim from Korea, Jason Day. From Australia, Sepp Straka from Austria, and of course the Spaniard John Rahm. So that's a bad look. It not it's not a good one.
0: Can that's tell a you that? bad look. And Rory McIlroy, the highest from the UK, finishing yeah. at, at, in sixth. Right. I mean Matthew Jordan and Tommy Fleetwood were tenth. Yep. And those were the only Englishmen to finish in the top ten. Not a good look for for the, for the Brits there. Uh, at the Open hey, Championship, hey, work harder, get
1: better. That's yeah. all I can say. You that's want to keep it. up with USA, 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 USA.
0: Americans dominating the sport of golf.
1: I mean Ryder Cup be. time. It's Let's the way go,
0: Ryder Cup baby. They say running backs don't matter, but they certainly don't quit, gentlemen. As uh, it was reported yesterday, that a couple of star NFL running backs had a Zoom call. They That'll wanted, fix everything. They wanted to talk about the state of the market for their position. Running backs: Nick Chubb from the Browns, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, according to reports, all a part of this Zoom call that was organized by Austin Eckler, who seems to be the, the hero uh, of the running backs. He's the spokesperson for the running back movement. Wants to make sure that uh, they're paid their true worth. I, I, I honestly hate all this, and I'm not shy of saying that. What I do hate you hate about it? I hate the idea that millionaires want a couple of more bucks when they don't understand supply and demand. Okay? They want it to be a bit, they want it, they want the business to work in their favor, but they don't understand economics. It's like, it would be like this, Mackenzie.
2: Okay. Let's, let's, let's. Uh, I want to get back to the supply and demand when there's only one team that can offer any of these guys a contract. Doesn't really seem like that would apply. But
0: they're not arguing about the one team, they're arguing about the entire state of being paid in the NFL. As AJ likes to point out, punters are the only ones that make less, right? It would be like um...
1: I don't know why I said that in that voice. When in it's, <laughs> like, it's a literal, it's a literal fact it would, that punter yeah. is the only position that makes less money than running back. But yeah, I, now suddenly I have to talk in a crazy voice when
0: I just yeah. state a fact. <laughs>
2: You were unhinged, AJ. Yeah. Admit it <laughs> and we could move on.
0: Yeah. The punt, you know, AJ's a part of that, but he, he had a Zoom call with punters. <laughs> he, he was trying to make sure that they get paid higher than running backs. He was appalled
2: when he said. We also have managers. to hold field goal kicks, yes. guys. No, sometimes backup don't.
0: quarterbacks do that. Sometimes they do. Or, yeah, the punters, because they have good hands, because they can catch those snaps. Uh, but no, <laughs> supply and demand is simple. If there's a lot of something, the cost goes down. If there's a scarcity of a product, the price goes up. You go to the supermarket you want to buy a box of cereal. They got an entire aisle of cereal there. this cereal box is reasonably priced. you can get cust. you can get the store brand and, and get you know the, the discount brand yeah but you can get a box of cereal. Well you know what I'm saying if you go to the supermarket you want to buy a box of cereal, you can get the generic brand but there's a whole aisle of cereal. But if you went to the supermarket and you said, I want some cereal for breakfast. And there was only five boxes in that entire aisle. Guess how much each box of cereal would cost? One life. A lot more money. <laughs> I love cereal. That's my, like, that's, like, that's my go-to. And it's not my go-to. It's, like, not my vice, not my, like, w- what's the term I'm looking for? Guilty pleasure. Yeah, kind of like that. It's, like, I know, like, I shouldn't be having so many carbs, like, in the morning. It's just, but, like, I love cereal, man. I can eat cereal for every meal of the day. And I don't just have one bowl. Like I'm the guy oh, yeah, I'm the yeah. guy that like puts it in the giant salad bowl and eats it with the really? fat soup spoon. Yeah. Jesus. Like like uh what's a uh, big daddy? Yes. <laughs> yeah, not to that extent, but I could do that. Like I could I could have a whole box in one, in one like one sitting. Okay, here uh, this is a one tease. box lasts me like just two mornings.
1: Tease to tomorrow's program. Yeah. All three of us will give our top 5 cereals. Okay. Can you have that prepared for tomorrow? I have it for you right now, Mac. Do you need time to prepare?
2: Oh, I need time to prepare. Yeah, Yeah. I got a couple, but you know, I mean, I I, to like to put
1: it in the right order, I think, is key. So that's what I need to do. I know some that I like. I haven't. I don't eat cereal really anymore. But there's times when I see, like, if my kids have the good stuff, Mm -hmm. I'll look at it and go, "Man, that'd be good." Yeah. But I'm with you. A box of cereal is not—it's not meant to last all that long. No, it's gone, and
0: I, I can. The problem is, it's candy, basically. Yeah, but I literally—it can <laughs> – lasts me two days, like two mornings. That's it. I have half a box in one morning, and then half a box the next day. Yeah. So, anyway, what's it,
1: the best? What's the? This is you know not off, not on the top five list because that was teased for tomorrow. Okay. What's the best cereal that's marketed as an adult cereal?
0: Special K chocolatey almond. Okay, <laughs> Mac. Uh, By the way, you saw how quickly I got that ant I response strong, for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like what they call an aficionado. I don't
2: know, kicks. But like, kicks are not for for adults, but they're not that sweet either. So I feel like Life cereal, maybe Life cereal. Okay,
1: you know what I like? This is this is gonna this is a hot take. Grape nuts.
2: Oh, grape nuts are the bomb. They're awesome. Grape nuts.
1: So good. I I, mean, I, I, I drizzled, prefer I prefer raisin bread. But I okay. drizzle a little bit of
2: honey on the grape nuts. <laughs> <laughs> grape nuts are a great half cereal. If you're, if I'm doing like half. Honey bunches of oats and half grape nuts. It's a great combo. Honey
1: bunches of oats with almonds. Also, I think an adult yeah. marketed cereal
0: that's very, very good.
2: So, no, okay, it's where, Special K is I like that is that's
0: marketed to adults. Okay, like, you don't see like twelve year old kids going to the supermarket going, I got to get that Special K fiber <laughs>
2: one. That's yeah. what the, that's what the kids are asking. They <laughs> so you know what's good for them. Let
0: me get that fiber cereal, Dad. Do you remember Total? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Total was awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, it's funny, when I was a kid, I used to think frosted flakes was like an adult cereal. It's like, there's, where's the marshmallows? What's in this stuff? Is <laughs> yeah. like, is this flakes
0: of cereal? But With frosted lots flakes? Lots of sugar
2: on also it. Also delicious. Yeah. They're by
0: great. The way. <laughs> okay. They're terrific. Supply and demand. That's where this conversation started. Right. Running backs don't understand the economics of this. They all want to support each other and they all want to make sure that they get paid what they're, quote, worth. While I agree, there's a lot of running backs that are underpaid in the NFL. I. You would also have to be naive to not understand that there's always another running back. The Minnesota Vikings did not choose to pay Dalvin Cook because they say Alexander Madison can handle that load. And you know what? He probably can. And if he doesn't, they'll live with the mistake and they'll find another running back. The Falcons have so many running backs. They drafted another one. You think they're going to pay Cordero Patterson or Tyler Algiers? They just drafted Bijan Robinson.
2: I think that's the great point. Out of all the running backs in the NFL, who's expected to have the third most rushing yards behind Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, according to the odds right now? It would be B. John Robinson. 1,100 expected yards. A rookie. Wow. Wow. So here we are. You say there's no value. I'd say there is value. It's just earlier on in the lifestyle than most running backs. He's going to be the what? 25th highest paid running back, and he's supposed to have the third most production? That's the disconnect. He should get paid more right now. I mean, at least according to their lawyers. But Here's what
1: I, I what I think it boils down to is teams are now realizing that, look, sure, it's very difficult to find an elite running back. Like, the, there's not many Christian McCaffrey's out there. If you don't have that, you've got a good running back. Do you want to pay him elite money? Or do you want to have somebody who, let's say, gives you, let's say someone gives you 75% of the elite guy's production at thirty percent of the cost, that's a win for the team, you know. Like it's if if you're getting seventy five percent production, thirty percent cost, most teams are going to say, and especially because you're going to have to have more than one of them, let's have those cheaper guys. Let's let that be what how we build our running back room, and it makes sense in a way.
2: And Nick Chubb's talking about we're the only we're the only position where if we have the best year ever, if we have two thousand yards, that's going to hurt us in the contract negotiation. So, what I. What I'm hearing from everybody is that the value of running backs is prioritized early in the cycle. So this cycle that – or this agreement that works for every other position royally screws running backs, and they should probably talk about renegotiating that setup. At least that's what they want to. The CBA is not going to be up for 10 years.
1: I remember when Derrick Henry, like when he came up for his second contract, and they're like, ooh, there's a lot of miles on those legs. It's like – well you guys are calling the plays (laughs) like no one, no one ever looked at Peyton Manning when his contract came up and said, a lot of throws on that arm, a lot of throws. Just not sure if that arm's going to keep holding up for the next five years. I don't know. Right. It is funny the way that like, if, if a running back has a great year, it's like, yeah, but that's probably, that's probably the peak. And you know what? The truth is it's probably true. Like if that, if a running back has his best season ever, chances are good. It's the best season he will ever have.
2: If you can have a running back for seven years without having to pay him, how is any running back ever going to get paid? It's a system that's not going to work.
1: It's not
0: because they don't have careers typically that last longer than seven years. You would say that like Bill Belichick's like a smart guy, right? The genius. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I've heard. And like, you know, he's not just the head coach. He's also like the general manager uh, of the team. Yes. Like the Patriots are one of the teams that spend the least amount of money on running back in the NFL. Like last year, it was in the twenties. This year, they're second to fewest. I mean, historically,
1: they, they, historically, guys that don't they, pay. That's why there's random guys. Yep. Like drafting running backs from a New England from a from a fantasy perspective was always mm-hmm. crazy because like Belichick, if he didn't like the way one was playing, he'd just bench him, and you might not see him for three weeks. Like, yeah, he didn't really care. But that's that's not an argument for for running backs. Like, <laughs> you know, they've had a lot of success with almost nothing at running back.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you rather, and for a lot of teams, make decisions. Do you spend your entire cap at running back on one player, or do you spread that across two or three that are gonna do the job for you? And guess what? More teams are deciding to spread it around because you save guys, you keep them healthy. You think uh, you you know how? Like like AJ Dillon is uh, not AJ. um, uh, Aaron Jones is probably very happy that AJ Dillon's on the team because it's it's less wear and tear on him. It's gonna extend his career. To have a second back. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. It's going to extend these guys' careers. Like, yeah, I'm curious to see what Pollard does now. But I bet you, you know, the Cowboys are going to have uh, a plan behind Tony Pollard. And it's not going to just be him carrying the entire load. Backup right now is Malik Davis. They signed Ronald Jones. They have Deuce Vaughn, the kid from Kansas State. The, 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 those guys are going to get touches as well. This the is- Eagles. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. They were in the bottom half of the league in running back spending. And got, and guess who was their biggest like, contributor in the playoffs? It wasn't their starting
2: running back, Miles Sanders. It was Kenneth Gainwell, who's like their third string running back. But who was their biggest offseason acquisition? A running back.
0: A running back. But he's not going to be – it's going to be like a split room. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, they will all get touches this season
1: what's wild is austin eckler who's like you said sort of spearheading this whole thing like if you remember back to 2019 when melvin gordon was on the last year Mm -hmm. of his deal and they offered him 10 million dollars a season and melvin gordon said you know what i'm gonna sit out and guess who developed into a back that made melvin gordon very expendable to the chargers it was austin eckler yep like that's that it's is the, the, cycle. the reality of the running back world, is if you sit out, someone will come in and give at least close to what you were giving, and then when they come up to get paid, there's going to be someone else waiting behind
0: them. That's speaking just of, the way it works. Speaking of Melvin Gordon, the Ravens signed him to a $3.1 million deal. That's less than 10 That's Still got signed. Yeah. I mean, that's great news for oh, him. Oh, the outcry. It's like, Kansas City Chiefs last year. Spent a uh, little under four, a uh, little over $3 million on running backs. The highest paid running back on their team, Ronald Jones. 2021, Kansas City Chiefs. They spent a little bit more, $5 million. Highest paid running back, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Second highest, Daryl Williams. The 2020 Kansas City Chiefs. I'm using the Chiefs because like they're like the best team in football, right? Yeah, they're good uh, sports. $4 million. Highest paid running back, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, 2019, the Kansas City Chiefs, they spent $5 million. Highest paid, LaShawn McCoy. Then Damian Williams. Like, you don't have to... I would argue that having a $15 million running back is bad for business. It's bad for your football team.
1: I I think that there is exceptions to the rule. I just don't know. How many Super Bowls have the Titans won? None. None. Uh, Listen, the, the Titans don't have Patrick Mahomes.
0: It's real easy to say. And guess what? When you've got Patrick
1: Mahomes, it's really to say, you know what? Let's spend less on running backs. If you've got Ryan Tannehill, what do you have to do? You've got to pay a running back. I agree. The problem is getting to be now where the Giants
0: have Daniel Jones, Mm -hmm. and they're like, we're not going to pay our running backs. He runs the ball, uh, uh, you know, just like some of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. And there was a time when Saquon Barkley was injured. The leading rusher on the New York Giants was Daniel Jones. And they were a serviceable team. They're not a playoff team. They were a serviceable team. Are now, they te- did they make the playoffs last year because Dan, uh, because Saquon Barkley was uh, healthy for the entire season? Yes. That was a major factor why they went 9-7-1 and one, was having Saquon Barkley healthy for the entire season. But that's also like the second time in his career that he was healthy for an entire season.
1: I just don't know that. There's going to be like that you can look at every team the same. I think saying well, the Ch- this is how the Chiefs have done it is e- it's real easy to do because the Chiefs are one of the few exceptions of teams that, that, that you could play running back for the Chiefs and they'd probably be OK. It, it doesn't work that way for every team. I think it's certainly not you. We've seen the Giants without Barkley and
0: with Barkley like a healthy Barkley makes him a lot better. In the Giants but, playoff win against Minnesota last year. Their leading rusher was Daniel Jones.
1: I mean, which is great, but would the Giants have been in the playoffs without Saquon Barkley? Like, if Saquon had been hurt all last year, are the Giants in the playoffs?
0: Does
1: Daniel Jones have the kind of year that gets him paid? Probably no, not.
0: But, it, you know, if you're just saying, like, oh, like, the, the, they won a playoff game. Saquon Barkley had 53 yards. And what happens with guys like, you know...
2: He had two touchdowns. He led the team in total scrimmage, yards from scrimmage. Sure. That and, and, and now that's the example of why he's not that important. What happens with a guy like Josh Jacobs who plays
1: for a that team? That Brita
0: can that, run it in from the one-yard line.
1: Josh Jacobs doesn't have a te- He's not playing on a team that has a quarterback who's going to uh, take over games and, and you know, be a Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's just no – Jimmy Garoppolo's not that. There's They don't want to pay him either. Like, it, it's uh, – I think it's getting harder for running backs, but I also think that – I saw a quote from Nick Chubb saying there's not much we can really do about it, and that's what I agree with. Like – The market is setting itself. I don't know that there's many players who can change someone's mind. I think Christian McCaffrey was clearly a player who changed some minds because the 49ers chose to trade for a big contract, knowing that he was like way high paid for a running back. They said, we don't care. We want it anyway. And I think the 49ers are a real smart organization. So I'm not saying it was dumb. I think that what he can do, he does more than just run the football. That makes him extra valuable. I just don't know where the line is like the I think the group of elite running backs is a lot smaller than the world of people who play fantasy football or just, Mm -hmm. you know, randomly watch uh, the red zone on Sunday, what they think the elite running backs are. I think there might be two or three guys who are worth more than, you know, the kind of money that's being offered to these guys.
2: So what do you think happens with uh, Jacobs and Barkley? For
1: what I was reading today, Josh Jacobs is absolutely willing to sit out the preseason. I, I'm almost certain he'll do that. And then they were saying he may be willing to sit out regular season games. I, I, we talked last week about the money he's made in his career, and this would be like by far the most money he's ever made in his career would be this $10 million. It's hard for me to imagine him passing on these half a million dollar game checks, but I don't know. Maybe that's maybe it's going to take some guys who are, are really willing to 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 take some losses to make a change. And I don't again, I don't know if the change is coming or if a change is necessarily warranted. But these guys certainly believe that, that it's it's warranted and possible. Mm-hmm. It may
0: take these guys sitting out games to to get that. Do you think that uh, they look at Tony Pollard, who signed his franchise tender? And and consider him like a scab. I don't think so. He he's, not a, he's not
1: a first round pick. <laughs> like he's like a he's a guy trying to survive. Tony Pollard two years ago, like nobody knew his name. You know, he wasn't a he wasn't a high draft pick out but of college. It, yeah, it
2: kind of underscores the point. Like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley probably think of themselves as a lot more valuable than Tony Pollard, who was a backup last year, who was not expected to be anything a couple years ago. These guys were expected to be the best players on their team, and they have been.
1: The the difference is Tony Pollard was the best running back on his team last year yeah. mm-hmm. and made way less money than Zeke Elliott did. Uh, so the truth is most teams, if they, if they search hard enough, can probably find the next Saquon Barkley or the next Josh Jacobs. And if they can't find it, they can find a guy who can give them close to that for a lot less money. Or they can draft them. Yep.
3: DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, PickSix. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're gonna have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DriveKings Pick Six app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DriveKings Pick Six. The crown is yours. Gambling problem.
0: With the Major League Baseball trade deadline fast approaching on August 1st, the Angels played their final home game prior to the deadline yesterday as they defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates, taking two of three over the weekend. And this comes on the heels of sweeping the New York Yankees. So the Angels have won, if my math is correct, five of their last six games. Got it figured out, huh? And now they head to Detroit for a three-game series with the Tigers before going to Toronto for three games and then Atlanta. Now, Toronto-Atlanta, not as easy as playing against Detroit. But if they can take two of of three from Detroit, they're certainly going to be in a much better place than they were back in the middle of this month or, you know, right around the All-Star break. And the idea of trading Shohei Otani when they were a little bit more out of the wild card picture than the four games they are now. It's a different, it's a different outlook. So when you consider them winning five of six and they staring in the face of a series they should take two of three, maybe they're only three games out of a wild card spot. And if I'm three games out of a wild card spot, I'm not trading Shohei Otani.
1: Yeah, they're in a weird spot because. The tr- here's the here's the question: Is beating up on the Pirates and the Tigers like does that let you fool yourself into thinking you're a contender? And you don't want to do that. If you don't, here's the question: Is making the playoffs the goal for the Angels?
0: Yes, that's the goal. Yes, it, because if you because if you make the playoffs, Otani will resign. I don't think he would. I think he would. If you make the playoffs and if, like lose in a wild card round, if you give him a taste of the postseason. Now it's interesting you say if they lose in the wild card round because if you remember the way the new uh, MLB wild card round is figured uh, is configured, the team that hosts the wild card team plays all three games at home. So if you look at where the Angels can finish, let's say they get the the third wild card, they get the final postseason spot. Well, then they're going to play at the second wild card for all three games. So Otani's not going to get a chance to experience playoff atmosphere at home, which would be, in my opinion, the factor that would sway him to signing with the team again. Because then he gets a taste of it, and he's like, ooh, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want to continue to build, and I want these fans to experience this and experience a win this time. But if they're on the road for all three games, if they go to Houston or if they go to the Yankees or if they go to the Blue Jays for three games and get swept and or you know or lose the the two out of three, then yeah, then it, then it's not as good.
1: And I think something else to consider is like the teams that they're playing now and you know play, playing winning two out of three against Pittsburgh. If the if they win all three against Detroit, the schedule gets tough. Of course, it's. At Atlanta, Seattle, San Francisco, at Houston, at Texas, home Tampa, home Cincy, at Mets, at Phillies. Uh, of course, you got a couple with the with the A's in there. That's always nice. Uh, Orioles, Guardians. It's another set with Tampa, another set with Texas. Like these are the top teams in baseball. You have to ask. I think if you're the GM and the ownership, you have to really ask yourself: like, are we? If we're in it on July 30th. Does that mean we're going to be in an, on August thirtieth?
0: Angels' fifth hardest strength of schedule remaining in baseball.
1: My guess is the Angels aren't going to be there on August thirtieth. I, I think they may look at this and and they may get suckered into sort of some fool's gold. Mm. But I I don't think this team is a team built to make the playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs, I don't think they're a team built to win it. Uh, I actually went to a game. I took my boys to to Anaheim uh, a couple nights ago. Oh, you you just wanted one last chance to see Otani in an Angels uniform. They they did. They wanted to see Otani play and I yeah. said, "Okay, let's Of course, Otani was 0 for 4 with 3 strikeouts <laughs> that night. We went uh, and that was the the game that the, the Pirates 3-0 won. Loss. Yeah. But it's it, when you think about the non-Otani parts of that team, it, I mean, it's surprising that they're playing as well as they are. Like it, when anybody but Otani's pitching, it's like, do you really feel good about him? It's hard to uh, when when anybody else in the line. I guess that Mickey Moniak, like they got they got a nice rookie mm-hmm. ball player, and and when Mike Trout comes back, who just got stitches out, so maybe you feel a little bit better. But there is lots of holes in that lineup. You know, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough roster to get excited about outside of Shohei Otani, and if you've got a chance to really rebuild your entire roster by moving on from Otani, who, again, I don't think is going to be there next season because I don't think this team makes the playoffs. And I don't know if making the playoffs will be enough for them even. But I think
0: you you have to consider it. You have to consider that an option. So, gut call right now, fellas. Was this Otani's last game? in a white Angels uniform yesterday.
1: What are the odds now, Mac, that, uh, that Otani's going to be moved this offseason? Have they adjusted?
2: Uh, as of Sunday morning, it was minus 170 that he would be back in the Angels uniform. This was a DraftKings Sportsbook. Next favorite was Dodgers at 8-1. to They've taken that off the board. But as of Sunday morning, that's where we were at. Right?
0: All right. Where are, you, where are you leaning? I think he stays. I think he's on the Angels. I think August 2nd comes, and he's on the Angels. Man, I think you're probably right. I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake by the Angels. Then again, forty thousand fans on Friday night when Ohtani pitched.
2: What's the most famous trade in baseball history? I think there's only one answer: Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth for some play. But that was a trade; he got sold. If they would have given him two plays or three plays or four plays, would it be any worse of a trade in in Red Sox history? No, I think you. I personally think you gamble with greatness and think even if there's a ten percent chance he comes back, I want that on my team. Hundred thousand dollars. I thought he got a play. Or maybe there was money for the play or something. Yeah,
0: it was like to fund something. Yeah. yeah, but it was $100,000 is what they bought They bought uh, Babe Ruth for. Um, I I just I, – I think they'll make a business decision, not a baseball decision. And the business decision trade is to keep – no, the business decision is to keep them. Oh. The baseball decision is to trade them. I see what you mean. Now. The business decision is to keep them, still get 40,000 fans at the ballpark at, at every home game, and then try your best to re-sign him, but have the rest of this season to market him and to you know show him to the fans. The guy's just so important to that
1: franchise that it makes it difficult. And it reminds me of when the Mariners traded King Griffey Junior. They didn't want to do it because yeah. like he, they he was that franchise. Like he was the yeah, reason that, people the showed was up at that the ball He
0: asked for the trade.
1: Griffey wanted out. I, I get it, but it. Who, Listen, you, you guys. Otani's made it clear. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if I want to play here if we're not going to be winning. If we're not competing, I don't know if I want to be here. It, at least Griffey gave them. He did them the favor of saying, "Hey, we're not competing right now. I want out." Like it, almost be better if Otani
2: did that. You think his translator is like? Should I really be a hundred percent honest with what he's telling <laughs> <you Yeah>.
0: me? it's <laughs> funny. Uh, well, we'll see soon enough. But the uh, Angels head on the road. No more games in Anaheim until they return after the deadline on August third for a series against the Mariners. And and maybe it'll be a boycott if the if Otani's not playing. Or could you imagine if Otani's playing for Seattle? Oh. <laughs> What Wait, nightmare. If that's the strategic part of the uh, of the trade. Is 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 you still get to sell tickets because they'll have four games against Seattle. They're looking at their schedule, they're like, ooh, we have three game home series. But we have a four-game home series against Seattle. <laughs> let's trade them to the Mariners and get, sell out all four games. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's it's true. It's great. Uh, let's take a look at the schedule for tonight in Major League Baseball. The Giants are at the Tigers. That's a makeup game from April sixteenth. It'll be Tariq Skubal on the mound for the Tigers. Ross Stripling going for the Giants in this one, and it's a weird uh, situation for both of these teams. Uh, because it's a makeup game that was on an originally scheduled off day. The San Francisco Giants uh, were in D.C. They lost, they, they got swept by the Nationals, which is already an embarrassment. They've lost now five straight games. They travel to Detroit for one game and then they go home to play the A's for a small two game set and then they start a homestand. For Detroit, they just came off a series against San Diego, but they were home. So they stay home for this game instead of being off. They'll play the Giants and then they stay home as they welcome in the Angels for three games. So I think the Giants are in a worse spot than the Tigers in this one, but still, this was supposed to be an off day for both of these teams. Now it is a scheduled one game makeup from april orioles are at the phillies dean kramer gets the start for baltimore christopher sanchez for philadelphia i really like the way sanchez has pitched he hasn't picked up a win yet aj but i do like the way he's pitched and dean kramer's advanced numbers tell a different story than his 10 and 4 record so i like fading kramer here on the road and going with the phillies at home
1: yeah it uh i agree with you that he's pitched better than his record has said but man the way baltimore's playing right now that's a it's a scary it's a scary team to fade
0: they are pretty good they're in first place uh uh two games up now on the tampa bay rays starting to pull away from those struggling rays rockies are at the nationals it's patrick corbin day for dc jake bird will get the start for colorado nationals are hot After coming off of that sweep there of the Giants. Royals are at the Guardians. Ryan Yarbrough on the mound for the Royals. Logan Allen for Cleveland. Guardians are minus 195. Mariners at the Twins. Luis Castillo on the mound for Seattle. Kenta Maeda for the Twins. Seattle is minus 120 on the road. Kenta Maeda coming off of a pretty good start against the Mariners in Seattle, where he gave up just two runs, struck out nine batters in six and a third innings. But now... He is a home dog to that same Mariners team. That is certainly
1: interesting. An interesting flip. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of like the Mariners in this game. I don't know which way you're leaning, but that's the way I would lean if I, were to, if I were forced on one side.
0: Castillo also faced the Twins and gave up three runs in six innings. He struck out eleven. It's a lot of guys. It's, it's a, a lot of stri- yeah, It's a lot of strikeouts. Uh, total in this one is eight. I'd lean towards the under. The Reds are at the Brewers. Graham Ashcraft on the mound for Cincinnati. Colin Ray for Milwaukee. The Brew Crew, minus 115. Rangers are at the Astros. John Gray on the hill for the Rangers. Uh, Brett Belak gets the start. Brandon Belak. Brandon Bielak gets the start for the Astros. Texas is minus 115. The Rangers um, playing good baseball. They lose two to the Dodgers. They bounce back with a win. The trade acquisition of Aroldis Chapman is working out magnificently for the Rangers. He has now pitched, I believe it's seven innings. He has not allowed a run since being a member of the Texas Rangers.
1: Yeah, and I don't think they're done. I think the Rangers and the Astros, both these teams, I'd expect a move in the next week.
0: To what, bullpen help, starting pitching? I think starting
1: pitching particularly for the Astros. I know that's what they're looking at.
0: The thing that I worry about the Rangers is another injury to Corey Seager, which is just, just seems, to, the kid's so talented, but you got to stay healthy, right? I lean towards the Astros here as home dogs because no Seager in the lineup for the Rangers. He's on the IL with that thumb injury. Cardinals are at the Diamondbacks. Adam Wainwright on the mound for the Cardinals. Ryan Nelson for Arizona. The Cardinals, who had that nice winning streak, well, they've just lost three straight games to the Chicago Cubs. So it was happening. (laughs) Now it's probably not happening again anymore. And with Adam Wainwright, who knows? I'd like the over in this game. I was going to say, it seems like a lot of runs are going to be scored here. Seems like a lot of runs. Wainwright stinks. Ryan Nelson at home stinks. So we lean towards the over here in this one. Pirates at the Padres. Uh U Darvish against Quinn Priester. Priester, who made his major league debut on the 17th, gave up seven runs in five and a third innings. Did strike out, too.
1: It, it, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. That's not to, good. Welcome
0: to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> San Diego, minus 260. And the Blue Jays are at the Dodgers. LA is minus 130 with Michael Grove on the mound. Jose Barrios on the hill for the uh, Blue Jays. This could be the final start for Michael Grove in a Dodgers uniform because he is one of their top young prospects that will be their biggest, like, trade ship. Yeah. So this could be Michael Grove's final audition to be a part of a trade package. If the Dodgers are going to trade for Shohei Otani, Michael Grove's going to be a part of the deal. Yeah. So the Angels, if they're listening, they're going to want to watch this start. Make sure you guys are heading to Pregame.com and taking advantage of a variety of discounted packages we have for you and daily best bets from all of our pregame pros. You can take 20% off of your coupon by using the promo code MONSOON20. A lot of rain in Vegas last night. MONSOON20 is going to get you 20% off your purchase at pregame.com. You can sign up if you're not a pregame.com member, sign up for free and get your free $25 to use on a daily best bet or anything you'd like at pregame.com. And then you can take advantage of the 20% coupon as well. And there's still time to enter the Beat Sleepy J second half Major League Baseball contest. It's free to enter. Go to pregame.com, click on contests, find the Beat Sleepy J MLB contest. All you got to do is be the contestant. That wins the most Major League Baseball units through the World Series. The winner gets $250 cash. That prize doubles to $500 if the winner earns more than the 25.53 units Sleepy J won in the second half of the season last year. From Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.